whenever you're ready. Hi guys, welcome back. Um, I'm going to be talking about chapter 9 in um, the book, Identifying Development in Adolescence. Um, why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? So I wanted to talk about... Um, first. <laughs> I want to talk about um, the identify search process that our book explains. So one, diffuse a state in which there's been little exploration or active consideration of a particular domain and no psychological commitment. Two, foreclosed, a state in which a commitment has been made to particular roles or belief systems, often those selected by parents, without actively considering alternatives. Three, moratorium, a state of active exploration of roles and beliefs in which no commitment has yet been made. And four, finally, achieved, a state of young personal commitment to a particular dimension of identity following a period of high exploration. So these four identity search processes are, they, they encompass like um, these African-American children that are trying to find themselves and, and find their group, find what makes them, you know, tick and what makes them go throughout the day. Um, and it really just put me in perspective of like, because I had problems as a kid as well, like finding who I am, what I want to do. I'd always feel like I'd have hands in cookie jars where I'm not, you know, I'd be like kind of friends with some of the kids that played sports and kind of with the kids that played chess or whatever. And so like I, I had a hard time and I can really relate to what, um, what was written. And that was on page 129. And then why do black youths in particular think about themselves in terms of race? So I wanted to kind of talk about... Um, the author, um, Flannery, uh, was talking about her 10-year-old son, David. And if he were to describe himself, he would say he's smart, he likes to play the computer, stuff like that. And uh, he has an older brother. And he would describe anything other than, you know, that he's black. Because she says that, it, uh, height, like, uh, that his blackness is salient for others. That they, like, that they... Um, it's like an obvious thing, so he wouldn't like say it for. And in addition, like she mentions, like when David meets new adults, one of the first questions he asks is, "How old are you?" And then he states his age, and the inevitable reply is, "Gee, you're tall." It happens so frequently that David once said, "Don't say it. I know I'm tall for my age." And height is salient for David because it's salient for others, similar to his race. And then in addition. Flannery mentions that black children uh, absorb many of the beliefs and values of the dominant white cultures, um, including the idea that it's better to be white, which is crazy to me. Um, so, and it just distorts their whole entire identity, which is that they, you know, yearn to find for so many years of their, you know, adolescent life. Um, and another story uh, that I find really um, empowering and interesting that was in the book uh, it was a story about Malcolm X. And um, so from a young age, he was separated from his family and living in a foster home. He was a very good student despite that and was elected president of his class. And he was having a conversation with his English teacher, whom he respected and enjoyed going to her class. And he once said, he once said to her he wanted to be a lawyer. His teacher responded, that's no realistic goal for a blank. And, at, and like... This literally blew him off, blew his socks off. This got him so angry, so surprised that someone that he looked up to would say something like that. And that is just one prime example of black students in their young adolescent life, even when they have this 
idealistic goal. It's shut down by the Eurocentric white view. Yeah, thank you. Oh, <laughs> 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 you can hit the button. Oh, okay.